Hello, it's Vaya, and before we hop into episode 51 of Neighbours, I have three little nuggets for you. Number one, last week, the Neighbours pod squad attended a preview screening of Fifi Box's debut episode with the Neighbours cast. Two, we then went on an excursion to Erinsborough, courtesy of Fox FM and Fifi Box, and we met Dr. Carl, and we vlogged the whole thing, and it was an amazing time. Three, you can see all of this action on our brand new website, neighborspod.com. It's beautiful. Have a look around, drop us a note there and just have a great time and look at all that stuff. Neighborspod.com. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours. Welcome to Neighbours. This is the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We have a chat to you about the five most recent episodes that we just watched of the Aussie soap Neighbours. I'm Vaya, and today I have a brand new guest to the pod. It is my friend Christina Adams. Hi. Christina and I, um, I, was gonna, I hate saying that we used to do comedy. Cause... Yeah, we're still funny. <laughs> Now, Christina works as a teacher, and so I have many questions for you today about so many. the way Erinsborough High is run. Yeah, I didn't even know they were at school. They well, they it's, were school at school for a little bit. Yeah, actually, that's true. And then I got confused with the graffiti wall place. Yes. So. Ever, for a while you were like, is that a school? Yeah, I did recognise the actual school when they were in uniforms and yes. having inappropriate conversations with teachers I recognize that place right and I will yeah. we will get to the inappropriateness yeah. cool excellent and Christina actually came with the neighbors crew on a very special excursion so special last week we got to go to a preview screening of Fifi Box's debut episode it was very exciting oh, it, I was like a little bit nervous that the neighbors crew was on the road like, yes instead of just in my living room mucking around I was nervous that I'd have to have a photo with someone famous, so I just boycotted that area. We just abandoned you. And so we had Christina, we had Penny Tangy, who's done this podcast before, and Kate and CJ and our friend Sammy, and we just um, accosted all of the cast members. So Fifi Box was there and her radio co-hosts, and then we had Aaron Down the Mines and Paige and Father Jack and one of the Tanakas. And Colette Nan and Zan Can. And Zan Can is our new favourite. She yes. is as sweet as pie. And she wears bad clothes, I've noticed this week. Oh, see, the clothes divide the viewer. I'm mm. on her side with the clothes. I think they're kind of fun and cute and yeah. I covered some of them. But okay, Kate, who usually hosts this podcast, is has a design eye and she does not she does not have the same design mm. eye that Zan Can has. So. I don't think they're flattering on her. Right, yeah, yep. yeah. You would have hated her formal dress then from last Yeah, from I'm disappointed I haven't seen it. Firstly, Christina, what's your history with Neighbours? I, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume you're not really caught up. No, it's been an intensive week of Neighbours viewing for me and possibly the most intensive viewing I've ever had of Neighbours has occurred this week. So, look... When I told my mum I was doing this, she said, isn't that the show that Kylie was on? And who was her love interest? I'm like, oh, my God, mum, that was Jason Donovan. It's like original cast. Yeah, so mum's still living back then. Um, (laughs) Look, I just knew Toadie had really bad hair, had a lot of mishaps in his love life. 
Madeline went over the cliff. Yeah, and you know she's set to come back. Yes, I heard that. I did hear that rumour. Um, Brooke Satchwell, I knew she was on there. Interestingly, I've been to Brooke Satchwell's house really? on the Mornington Peninsula and I've ridden my horse in her arena there. Um, how, how, did, how weird is that? How did this happen? Because her family are property, uh, well, they're real estate people. So a friend of mine ended up buying their old family property and I just have swanned in and um, ridden my horse there and done a whole lot of fun stuff there. Does she have horses too? I think Brooke did have horses. It's oh, amazing. And because her parents... I've heard her talk about this in interviews. They very young advised her, put your showbiz money into housing. Yes, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Don't buy cars or well, she can buy cars. Don't buy shoes. Yeah. Don't buy fake fake tans. Like, or horses. Just, <laughs> just stick to the property market. So it's very sensible. Yeah. And oh lovely. Well, and so but do, were you ever a regular viewer or did you kind no, of dip, dip in and out? Dipped in and out every so often. Um Mum wasn't a fan, so if I was watching it, it got rapidly turned off yeah. if Mum came home. So yeah. Do you have a favourite character that you've by osmosis? Probably just the fascination with Toadie's ever evolving hair. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's it's in a good place now, his hair. Yes, it it looks a lot safer than it was. And I like <laughs> that he just paid no attention to what was happening in styles around him. He had found his inner voice with his hair. And so, well, actually same with his shirt, because he all usually gets around in bowling shirts and Hawaiian yeah. shirts. And it's like you're a law- you're a lawyer, mate. I know that you, Yeah. At home you can wear whatever you want, but I've worked with maths teachers who dress quite similarly, so <laughs> there's obviously a bit of a thing for a certain group of people. I mean, you've got to, if you're working in the law or with numbers, you, you've got to let out your inner animal some other way. Exactly. Bowling shirts it is, people. <laughs> so before we jump into the week, what might help you catch up a little bit? I'll play one of the regular updates we have from Nayblog, our friend in England who covers off the week that we don't watch. Well, we watch it, but we don't take notes. So he right. just fills us in. So we'll hear from him now. Hi, this is Nayblog, and welcome to another off-week catch-up. So, Leo played Paul and Therese off against each other like the idiots they probably are, and acquired such vital documents as the wage breakdowns in the process. The Cannings and Amy made their long-awaited, well, several days-awaited, appearance on Family Feud, and it predictably descended into farce, featuring air DJing, exaggerated awkward silences, and random shouts of the name Therese. The writers outpaged Page with the introduction of another admirer of Father Jack, the instantly dislikable Simone. David kissed Amy, and then didn't kiss Amy, because he's probably gay, not that anyone really cares. He also got offered a job at Erinsborough Hospital by hanging around the reception for three weeks, asking for confidential information, and giving unsolicited advice. Brad moped around as usual, moaning about his inattentive wife following her near-death experience, before finally succumbing to the effects of the poison tattoo ink, which now has its own theme tune. Predictably, by the end of the week, we still didn't know the extent of the damage, with Carl merely repeating his mantra of, run some more tests. The surely doomed surrogacy story dragged along, taking in interviews, badly discarded fertility clinic leaflets, the phrase breast is best, and a cameo from one of Josie Lamshanks' mums. Regan's funeral was attended by a room full of people she didn't know and officiated by a recently disgraced priest who she didn't know. And Angus continued his adorable sexual harassment of his teacher and mum's sister's cousin-in-law and his teacher and mum's sister's cousin-in-law continued our encouragement of it. Thank you, Nayblog, once again. Uh, Sterling effort. There's a lot in that. But the funny thing is with that 
nay blog summary is that I feel like we haven't moved any further in the plot, mm. even though that was essentially two weeks ago. It does seem a little bit stagnant. I heard that plot and it sounds pretty much where we're at now. Yeah. So we're, it's moving at a snail's pace. And the first thing I want to touch on is Family Feud. Monday. We kick off Monday the 24th of October. It's the airing date of the Family Feud episode that the Cannings recorded. And I've got some contacts at Family Feud, mm-hmm. uh, which the UK know as Family Fortunes. Right. And I asked how long it would typically take between taping a show and then that show going to air. Is it a week? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not a week. <laughs> it takes a bit longer to turn around. Four to six weeks. Right. Is the standard time frame. And I just think that's a kind of a wasted opportunity because it would have been really nice to plant that seed a month ago. And then and slowly build. Yeah. And know that, oh, at any minute it's going to air and then what's going to happen with the 10 grand. So the Cannings have won the 10K. And that's the other thing. They only won one night. Yeah. And it, it seems like it was exciting for one night and then we never really heard anything about it after that night. No, and like they didn't stick around to win the car or anything. No, they, I don't understand. I wanted to see more. And we didn't, we didn't know if they won a $1,000 flight center voucher as well. No, or... Sunglass Hut, that's always a favourite. Yeah, yeah. yeah, disappointing. I wanted details. It was kind of believable that they that the local pub was getting everyone together to watch its proprietor on the telly. I thought yeah. that was quite cute. But it was weird that the hotel, the parent company of the pub, was organising this screening. It's did seem a little bit off to me. And look, I would have liked a little bit of rivalry with the other family too. Maybe there was some connection between the family they were competing against. Who were they? Faceless people. Oh, the Guptas or the Guptas. Oh, the Gupt- well, you can't dislike the Guptas. Right, like, great. And a great injection of um, diversity. Yes, a bit of multiculturalism. But um, as always on Neighbours, they are sidelined uh, very quickly yes. so that the white family can win. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, no, we didn't get any, no, no, backstory. No, I, I would have appreciated a little bit more Gupta time. Or it would have been also another good chance to shoehorn in an, like a peripheral Ramsey Street family or like um, the, one of the old mayors, Sue, um, Sue Parker's family, like or someone from the school that we don't see that often. A bit often. of intrigue, a bit of drama. Mm. Yes. So the whole street is excited yep. and it is cute. Like you, the whole street would be excited if one of them, one of the neighbours is going to be on the telly. Or Look, three I was the- on Family Feud if- a number of years ago. Are you I'd like, serious? I'm dead serious. What? Not with my family. Well, I suppose it's a family of sorts. I was on for a um, comedy festival special. Are you serious? I'm serious. Don't look so shocked. That was quite the thing back in the day. And um, look, no one seemed very excited at all for me. I was pumped. It was really only me, mum and dad and a couple of other relatives who seemed to watch it. Who were you on with? Excellent. Um, I was on with Andrea Powell and Terry Siakis. Oh, Terry Siakis has done Neighbours. Yes, and another person. Okay. Is it's shocking. Is it I a will... person you were romantically linked with or something? No, no. See, we, there was a girls' team and there was a boys' oh, team. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really terrible. I can't remember. That is appalling <laughs> and I don't know what my problem is. See, like Family Feud, like it's supposed to be people that you consider your family. Yeah. Look, we bonded during hair and makeup. <laughs> Did you get to win or were you playing for charity? We were playing for charity. Oh, that's yeah. Too- but I got to be the person at the end. I actually was really good on Family Feud and a little bit over keen. 
the whole time. Well, overkeen is how they want you to play, how yeah. they want you to play it. But watching it back was really cringy because my arms were actually really widespread across the desk for the whole time. I was really dominating. Who was the host when you were on it? Bert. Bert Newton. Bert. Australian TV royalty. Oh, so exciting to see that hairpiece up close. Oh, wow. That's rough making artists have to play for charity. Yeah. Artists that aren't, like comedians. We weren't very well off at all. It's not like having Neighbours stars, like when they did Celebrity Family Feud with Neighbours versus The Project. It's not people that are getting paid a full-time regular wage. We really needed the money at the time. Um, I think we could have been our own charity. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But no, your, your family didn't put on a little screening at the pub no no I think we all watched it in isolation (laughs) yeah I don't even think I had a special drink or or snack it was a bit bleak really but I was excited yeah so I thought I thought it was weird that Sheila wasn't organizing this whole event like she should have been down at the pub putting it on yes could have been a theme night in this episode now well let's get to the school Angus is creeping on his teacher. Oh, it's so creepy. And as Nayblog pointed out, she is his auntie's sister's. No, his auntie's. His auntie's sister in law. <laughs> this tenuously related? Yeah, they're tenuously related. Ew. Angus's mum is Sarah Beaumont, who famously had the affair with Carl Kennedy in the 90s. Right. Sarah's the sister of Catherine, and Catherine's married to Malcolm Kennedy. Okay. Anyway, whoever... Yeah, I'm confused, but that's okay. So Angus is hitting on his teacher. Now, does this happen a lot at schools? Look, not openly (laughs) and not in sort of weird out-of-the-way areas of the schoolyard. And why is she kind of hanging out with kids at lunchtime? Like, you don't go out there unless you're on yard duty. (laughs) And she does... I mean, she kind of lives with them. It's creepy. She's Susan's niece. Look, I... The weird... There was a hot teacher at my school... And um, obviously everyone was in love with him and wanted to be his girlfriend. But clearly that wasn't actually a thing that would happen. And you kind of knew that. No, but she seems sort of entertaining of the idea. Yeah. She doesn't seem that opposed to it. Like, oh, you know, you're only infatuated with me for now. You'll get over it. She actually seems like, oh, but if if I thought you were in for the long haul, I might go there. Yeah, and she's <laughs> she's, she's let him kind of fawn all over her and never put any boundaries there going hey mate uh don't touch me <laughs> no and it's just it's really off to just be having these really intimate one-on-one conversations in far-flung areas of the schoolyard it mm. just doesn't happen yeah. unless you don't have a working with children check <laughs> it's just not okay it's teaching 101 get away and did, could you figure out on monday why ellie even gave the kids detention no. I couldn't figure it out. So she's had this grudge against Piper yep. and was marking her unfairly mm. and at one point blew up and she had a migraine and then called Piper a skank. And um, that's, again, teaching 101, I imagine. You're not meant Look, to do that. I mean, you can have a bad day and you just have to take it out on kids, but I do think she overstepped the line. And Piper is irritating. Yeah. But she didn't deserve that. Yeah, well, she got, they got given yard duty. And detention. Yeah, not even just normal sitting in a room, boring detention. They mm. were out there picking up stuff. Yeah, they were doing maintenance work. That's serious. So, yeah, I couldn't figure out why they even had detention. I think also because Ellie had no voice. She'd lost her voice and I couldn't understand a word she was saying. No, no, very confusing. So we have this montage of kids picking up litter and 
we move into this storyline that I quite enjoyed. Now, later in the week, I get quite a bit confused, but the early episodes of the week, I was right into. I was right into the teens seeking comfort in each other Mm. when their love interests were shutting them down. Yes, with the literal fireworks happening. Wow. And I would like to ask... In Australia, in Melbourne, on the 24th of October, what event would prompt a showing of fireworks? I don't know. Just, oh, Melbourne Cup's around the corner in a week and a day. Because they're quite expensive to put on unless you're in, like, sunshine or something. And it did just seem to be a random weeknight as well. Monday. Yeah. There was no no discussion as to what they were there for. No. And no one else seemed to be at them. Just the council's putting fireworks on and two teenagers will attend. Yeah. Hey, two underage kids are going to get it on. Better let off some fireworks. Uh, and it, it was like a, a window screensaver in reflecting against the windscreen. Oh, it was really awkward. And Piper was wearing a strange outfit that kind of looked a bit netball. She, well, she, she's a bit edgy, so they put her so in edgy. weird things. However, I was all about their hookup because she's been pining after a 20-something-year-old. Mm, uh, so is he. So is he. And they're each pining for professionals. She's yes. pursuing a mechanic. He's pursuing a teacher. Yep. Same same number of years at uni for those <laughs> careers, Maya. <laughs> and they bond because they're both young and they're like, right, let's hang out. And so they go to a field and when teens are in a field alone... Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be inappropriate touching. <laughs> and I, I just love this because it's so... It just rings true for teenagers hooking up with their friends yep. when they're having a bad day. Yes. Just turn to the nearest available human. And hope that there's a fireworks display. <laughs> if that happens, you've done well. And another point I really liked in this scene was when Pipes opened up how she was in a hot air balloon crash. Yeah. And because Angus was like, I haven't asked you how that was. Yeah, a lot of trauma, a lot of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. But she's handling it pretty well. Yeah. She's just letting it out. She's having a moment with Angus. And I think that's really good therapy for her. Yeah. I mean, I do strongly believe she needs to have actual therapy as well. Yeah. I think that's why she's going through this weird time where she's confused with her love interest of an inappropriately aged adult. Mm. And now she's just throwing herself at Angus. She needs professional help. And like her brother and grandpa died earlier this year. Yeah. She's got a lot of trauma. They probably need to address some of that stuff. But, hey, yeah. she's got this um, physical outlet now. So yeah. um, they have this pash and straight away the capri seats are down and it's on for young and old. Put those capri seats down. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if she'd worn capri pants as well in her capri car. <laughs> and had a capriccioso pizza. Oh, nice. Amazing. That was amazing. And we leave that. Now, we the family feud screening, it's all happening. They win $10,000. Do they divide but it evenly we don't know well and also one of them's a, a teenage girl how much yeah. of a cut is she gonna get she's just gonna go to sephora she doesn't need that <laughs> and also there's a bit it's a bit more than 10k because they also they get uh i think ten dollars for every fast money point they earn yeah. so there's a bit more and there's a voucher they would have got and plus the board game which they do show lovely touch showing the board excellent. game excellent Sad they weren't having a little go of it but that's all right Yeah, probably because it was just in the production office out the back somewhere <laughs> All right, now the Tanakas, right, are in this love square. Tanaka Tanaka. Tanaka time. Tanaka one, Tanaka two. Tanaka one is not yet a doctor, but he hangs around the hospital a lot. Mm. Tanaka two is like a slimy. Oh, he's so gross. Wheeling and dealing marketing type. Just 
Not an okay individual. Sorry. Made my skin crawl. What in particular? Oh, just the delivery of every single thing he said, his body language. He kind of walks crotch first. And he just has a permanent smirk. Yes. Yes. And his hair is bad. Yeah, it's, everyone's wearing the, the lob. All the boys on this yeah. show have the long bob. Except the teenage boys do quite a good job of their hair. Yeah, this kid is not rocking his lob. I don't <laughs> like it. He needs to lop it off. Now, in another Recycled Neighbours plot, people are betting over whether or not someone's going to hook up with another person, yes. which happened a couple of years back with yep. a doctor and a nurse inappropriately. Classic move. And there's 10 bucks riding on this on whether or not Tanaka 2 can bed Amy. Gross. Uh, and we'll get to that more later in the week. Now, another great touch of the Cannings watching themselves on Family Feud is all the Rellos are calling up. Everyone wants a piece of the Family Feud action. And everyone wants to know about Grant Denyer. Why wouldn't you? Charming yeah, Is bloke. he actually that short? <laughs> is he indeed? Yes, he is. Yes, and he, he lost an inch when he had an, like a racing car accident. So really? he's only getting shorter. Wow, that's bleak. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's fine. He's come good. Yep. Now... Zankan wanted the 10K so she could hire an investigator to find her mum. Mm-hmm. But really all she needed to do was to go on TV and win prize money and that will attract the mother out of the woodwork. Well, why are there so many missing parents? Yeah, it is. I'm be- confused. It is becoming like Pippa's caravan park on Home and Away. Yeah, it's t- like most people can't shake their parents off. Why are there so many missing parents? Yeah, so Angus's parents are in the UK. Mm-hmm. Ben is Libby Kennedy's son and she's in Ballarat or right. China. No, she went to China. Look, it's hard to tell. Ballarat, China, same <laughs> diff. <laughs> and uh, Piper's, well, her parents are, they're around but they're uh, emotionally distant. Yeah, emotionally unavailable, hence Piper's promiscuity. Yes, and, and Zankan's mum, Zankan's dad was in prison up until very recently. Mm, but he's a good bloke. He's yeah. turned himself around. Yeah, so all we need to know is that because people say he's a good bloke, that we can forget everything he previously did, including... So he's currently having a fling with Terage, Piper's mum. Yeah. And even though he went to jail for taking money to beat up a guy that sexually assaulted Terage. Oh. So there's some weird issues. There's weird dynamics there. And look, I think... I just kept getting confused about all these kids running around looking for their long-lost parents and then randomly there's a phone call from Perth. Yeah, from Perth, uh, dropping a new character that we don't know, Jessie. She looks too Gold Coast to be from Perth. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's the mum. Yes. Well, she is from the Gold Coast. Right. I knew the Gold Coast featured and it wasn't just because of the tan. Yeah, so what happens is... All, uh, everyone wants a piece of the cannings and we find out that Zankan's mum is on the way just as Terage is about to go and like pursue Gary again yes. by wooing him with tickets to the Melbourne Boat Show, which I think is one of the best touches of, oh. of um, art department prop in, in recent times. Yeah, look, that's a little bit like the time my husband tried to convince me we were going on a date to the home show. Which is just a lot of, look, caravans and spas and... Roof tiling? Yeah, not cool. It's not a date. <laughs> if you get a show bag, it's not a date. No, it's just us sh- sh- going shopping for the house. Yeah, not cool. Uh, but I thought it was adorable. But he doesn't even get to receive the boat show ticket. So what a waste. Because Zankan bursts out and says, I've been on the blower to my bonus surprise half-sister that no one knew I had. Yep. And mum's coming down. And I reckon her mum... Brooke 
Butler must have booked those Jetstar flights halfway through Fast Money. I think so. She was down before the credits had rolled. She was. Before Neighbours had even started at 6.30. Yeah, it was weird. I think she'd been camping around the corner. (laughs) So we'll get to her on Tuesday. Very special. Very exciting times. Now, we finish Monday with Tyler riding a greeting card. Oh, Pipes. Yeah, Tyler's riding Pipes a card. Oh, how can you you seriously pursue a relationship with someone called Pipes? Especially when you name Tiles. Tiles and Pops. I call them Piles. Sounds like they're going to open a plumbing business. (laughs) He wrote a card. Weird. Like, yeah. send a text. Like, yeah. dra- draft an email. Exactly. This is the modern age. No one leaves cards. No, he would have started typing up a draft in, in, in Facebook He probably Messenger. would have just sent her a dick pic. <laughs> Look at what you're missing, pipes. <laughs> and, the, and the most frustrating thing, even more frustrating than his age, is the fact that he slept with her sister a month ago. Oh. He's working his way through the family. You can't. Through the pipes. You can't go there. <laughs> no, that's just classic rules of dating people. No. You stay away from the familial ties. <laughs> Tuesday. Was a big event in Neighbours World. Huge. We saw that on the big screen. We saw it in the cinema. Neighbours looks very bright and colourful up on the big screen. It really does. It takes on a slightly film aspect yeah mm. uh, and it really let, lets you hone in on the details a lot of details uh so the radio station where fifi box works put on this screening for their listeners to come and celebrate her first performance very generous of them i love fifi i think she's just delightful she's fun i'm excited i think she's awesome choice as brooke gold coast gold digging mama and Kate Siege and I already loved Brooke because all that we knew of her backstory is that she had to flee she just skipped town because a current affair didn't expose on her for like scamming blokes off for their money so has someone else played this character before no it's all just been oh, in, in it's dialogue all brand new. okay excellent just from secondhand information yeah so we've been very eager to meet her and when we finish talking about Tuesday I'm going to play a little chat that we had with Fifi because <gasps> Neighbours went on its second big excursion of the year and we went to Ramsey Street. It's been a busy couple of weeks it's for you. It's been pretty hectic. Like, I, it's, I think, I don't know where my world starts and Neighbours' world ends. I don't know. I don't understand. It's all bright and shiny. And it's all facades. It's just, I don't go further than a few centimetres deep until the set is just, you know, cardboard well, flats. Do you have a Capri lying around <laughs> on your lawn with... Someone getting it on in there? With um, like a window screensaver. Yeah, with some beamed on, beamed on, Beamed onto the windscreen. So um, a few days before this episode aired, we saw it in the cinema with like 150 other people, which yep. was quite a, an intimidating experience. It was. I felt there was a lot of intense Neighbours fans in the room. It was mm. exciting to be amongst them. And, well, four of them were um, around you, people that have podcasted about Neighbours. So I was in disbelief that you even turned up. Look, I was (laughs) excited. It was a night out for me. And I was quite pumped. And I got a bag and I got a mug and a a key ring. And, yes, we did pocket a few spare bits of merchandise to give away on this podcast. Just a few spare. In future. that They they, they didn't have homes. And we thought, we know some people that are going to give them homes. It's just like the Lord Smith. (laughs) But for mugs. Yep. So, so oh, that was my one of the cats right on cue. Uh, the cats have come into the Pirate Net Studios. They're gravitating towards Christina, who um, owns 
at least 40 animals. Yes, yeah, so they know that they're safe with me. <laughs> Obviously, I'm sponsored by Lord Smith. <laughs> the screening opened with, oh, also, by the way, Natalie Bassingthwaite was at the screening, which she was, was quite a coup. She looked very much like Lara Bingle, I thought. She's looking great. And yep. she's mates with Fifi. So she, Aren't we all, though? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. yeah it's a yeah. family. Yeah. It's a family. Oh, she's just one of those people that will just take you in. Yep. If you're there and you're, and you're ready to Not have a chat. Not in a Piper way. No, just, just a nice way. We're here to have a chat and have yep. a great time. So Aaron down the mines is going for his little jog and he sees the the Capri. Capri. And inside, with the windows misted over, Pipes and Angus the morning Orcs. after. Orcs. Orcs. They've experienced... <laughs> They've experienced... Something <laughs> together for the first time. And is it their first time each? Um, I'm yes. Well, the, I need clarity. The show tells us that it is. However, Piper spent minimum two years on a Canadian exchange. Yeah, program. no, she had a lot of maple leaf over there. <laughs> One of her boyfriends was a hockey player. Ah, uh, puck, puck. She's been <laughs> at it. So I feel like they're rewriting her a bit just for whatever comes up conveniently. Yeah, I think really. This she this ain't this ain't her first radio. No, she looked very calm about the whole thing. Yeah, and the fact that well they had they claimed they had contraception with them, so they yeah. were all ready to she go. She was ready to go. <laughs> that was in her Mimco wallet. <laughs> Aaron is like, um, what are you two L platers doing here? <laughs> with the car reeking of hormones. I'm driving you back to the street. Also, why couldn't they have walked to the field? Yeah. Then- Look, it was all about the car and the Capri action. <laughs> They head back home. Pipes is like, we're going to be mates still, even though... Mm, friend-zoned. Yep. I mean, who hasn't been friend-zoned the same date that you've hooked up with a guy? Like- yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought it was more about her leading him on. I mean, he had all the words and the moves, but she was bang up for it. Yeah, I, I think they both knew 100% what was going on. And do you think it was a desperate bid to get at their adult love interests? And or even progress to their next romantic stage as young adults and go, yeah. you know what, I'm I'm ready to experience what a 25-year-old can throw at me. Oh, hello. So I'm just going to get this done with the nearest available 16-year-old and yeah. we're ready to go. Now, Angus is at breakfast and Ben wants to know what he's been up to. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, Angus doesn't brag and go, got some last night. No, and Angus looks very fresh for a man who fell asleep in a Capri. <laughs> like he he's managed to just pull himself together and look as though he's had a really restful sleep. And Piper had that half up, half down bun hairstyle. Oh, and that, I hate that. I hate that it's too. very year 10. And it's a bit cultural appropriation. Didn't it start? Doesn't, ha- doesn't it have like Asian origins? Yeah, it looks a little bit like she's going for a man bun. Mm, which it, Tyler does sport her her oh, mechanic. Does he sport love or just interest? have it? I don't like. It. I think it's part of him. Yeah. So it's... she's trying to be him. And that anyway, not a hair out of place. No. So they're delivered back to their residences, and and no one's really noticed no. their <laughs> lack of presence no. overnight. I but... mean, she faked where she was staying, mm. but really, no one seems to care. Nah. Oh, the first rule of faking where you're staying is clear it with the place that you were meant to be staying. Yeah. Rookie manoeuvre. One thing I clocked, is it was very apparent on the big screen. Yep. 
when Ellie's leafing through a book is that it was a book authored by Judy Nunn, who, Ooh. as we all know, was Ailsa on Home and Away. Oh. The soap over the road that we don't talk about. Wow. And Ellie was Martha on Home and Away, Alf and Ailsa's – no, she wasn't Ailsa's daughter, but she was Alf's daughter. That's right, yep. So – Yes, I was a bit shocked to see her, actually. I, I had a little bit of a moment in the cinema <laughs> of going, oh, my God, I know her, I know her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's an Elma Loglu. No, well, that's no, that's a different. No, I'm person. confused. I'm confused. They're all the same. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hard when they've both done stints on both shows. Yeah. Well, just stick with one. No, I'm, like, I'm, I'm happy. Don't, no. Don't have a crossover. It confuses people like me. I'm happy to have Elma Loglu. Are you Elma yeah. Loglu? Because I, she was a big part of my youth and home and away viewing experience i think she wore a lot of esprit back in the day she totally yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. loved it <laughs> yeah i used to think she was pretty stylish actually yeah uh and now she's not no now she's got her own businesswoman style mm. businesswoman mm. chic she looks like in Romy michelle's high school reunion when they pretend to be business women to go to the reunion yeah she has very serious business hair yeah Moving into the cannings, they all sit around and discuss Brooke's imminent arrival and the fact that there's someone called Jessie that exists, who's the half-sister, and then we discover that the half-sister is the one that dobbed Brooke into the current affairs show. So do we think we're going to have an arrival with Uh, this half-sister at some point? Surely. Yep. The cat's playing with a jingly ball. (laughs) Why did he pick a jingly ball? Because that will be the theme music for (laughs) Jessie. Great. Why did why did I have to have an animal lover who attracts? Yes, I'm attracting the jingly ball playing cat. <laughs> <laughs> now, knock, knock, knock at the door. Brooks here, Zancan's mum. Fifi box, and then the cinema erupted with applause. It was a very exciting oh, moment. It was really. It was fun. like on Hey Dad when Nudge would come in. <laughs> <laughs> Before that got really weird and sexual. Yeah, we're not meant to talk about Hey no. Dad anymore. Hey Dad, don't touch that. Don't, um, yeah, UK viewers, Google it. It's a big yep. scandal. Everyone wants to know where Brooke's been. So in the, this is – okay. And this is where Colette gets really conspiracy theory. Yeah, and well, right off the bat because, you know, they win 10K and then bang, long-lost relatives appear. And did you notice the two of them have really similar hairstyles? They do, yeah. It's and they're not creepy. Even, they're not even blood relatives. No. In fact, they've got the same lob that the Tanakas have got. Yeah. The Tanaka lob. It's just neighbours uh, makeup department just has some shears set up at one measurement they level. They go, you'll be a Tanaka number two. <laughs> the thing about Brooke Butler is let's call her BB. BB is that she essentially back when Zandy was fifteen sent her daughter down to Melbourne on her own with like a handbag and a set of high heels. Hashtag responsible parenting. To stay with her biological father who she didn't know was in prison. Yeah. So she's like, go stay with your dad. Here's the address. Bye. And a train ticket or whatever. Bus ticket. And Xanthi just appears, turns up on her dad's doorstep. Gran's like, he's in the slammer. But sure, come and crash here. Yeah. And somehow then was enrolled in school and Sheila had all parenting guardianship rights. Yeah, she's done a great job. <laughs> great job. So, but then Brooke sits down and says, look, it's all not true. It was a beat up, the ACA story. I didn't scam all those blokes on, with, for all their those money. All those blokes? <laughs> and I'm a fair dinkum okay person. <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, she looks fab. Like she, she has, does. She got off a four-hour flight from Perth. Oh, she's clearly stopped for Manny and Petty on the way. She's in a tight orange number mm. and doesn't get out of it, doesn't change from that for two days, really. Well, she, her luggage has been stuffed <laughs> up with Tiger. It's still at the <laughs> airport. They don't know where it is. Probably went to that other airport on the oh, other side of town. Avalon. Near, Avalon. Near where Dee went over the cliff. Yes. So, it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know your dad was in jail. My bad. Like, send, didn't you, you yeah, question send it? send a carrier pigeon and find that stuff out. Like, didn't you know why he wasn't? Your texts weren't going through. Uh, just lack of planning. Zancan doesn't want to buy her of her mum, so Gazcan smooths that over. And then she sits down with Zancan and has a heart-to-heart. And then it dawns on Zancan that her yep. mum's been connecting with her this whole time as an... Oh, this creepy Instagram person. As their Instagram no. alias. She says, I'm Glitter Girl 43. Oh. And in that moment, I was like, we're all Glitter Girl 43. Yeah, I've, I was Glitter Girl 44, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Actually, Christina... You encounter as a teacher with your teen students. Mm. So Zancan earlier in the year was kind of trolled a lot on Instagram. Oh, poor child. But she basically got online and tagged a whole bunch of designers because she wanted to be Instagram famous. Yeah. And then got pissed off when she was judged for the outfits she was wearing. Yeah. And then one of the designers blocked her and stuff. Yeah, look, we have a lot of drama with social media um, <laughs> and kids getting trolled and having nasty comments written on there. And then somehow that's our responsibility to deal with. So when really the parents could also be police. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point because quite often it happens out of school hours at individual kids' houses. However, Zankan's parents were A, in prison and B, mm. in Bali. So so she uh, probably needed a good guidance counsellor at that <laughs> stage just to intervene and go, look, Zanthi, this is, this is not okay. And, you know, turn your privacy settings on. But instead she hired a social media manager in Aaron. Aaron, wow. Aaron down the mines. That's a keen move. And he was gonna his job was gonna be to manage a sixteen year old's social media profile. Now that is taking it to a place <laughs> it did not need to go. Just turn your privacy settings on and the rest will sort itself out. Yeah, great, great. So the Zancan and uh BB have a really cute hug and then we find out that BB has the best career of them all. Oh she's running so legit looking as well. She's running this jewellery racket. Yeah. Which uh, fits in pretty well because in the last Neighbours we were talking about in the hot air balloon it would be a good opportunity to run like Amway or Tupperware party schemes up there because yeah. no one can escape. So she's got a captive audience in the house. Mm, so perfect outlet for her. And then she plays it cool like she hasn't seen Family Feud. Yeah. We know that she watched like it. She's the target demo. She's totally the target demo. She would be shouting at the screen. Yeah. She is totally there. She doesn't actually seem to have a lot of stock with her, to be honest. No, she's got like a, <laughs> a pair of earrings. A sachet. Of... Yeah. It's not extensive. <laughs> but hey, look, she had to jump on a plane and head over. Yeah, she couldn't bring the whole her, it's not, I mean, jewellery, when you package it correctly, takes up a lot of space. Oh, so it does. So she can't just chuck that in. It'll get tangled. Tangled. Pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking of earrings piercing things, but oh, pierced. that's actually your ears. I thought you said irrelevant. Pissed. Yes, no, not pierced. No, but it could. No, pierced. some of it could be a weapon. Like it might not have been let through well, security. Yeah, it's up there with a with a pocket knife. We'll resume the the jewelry on yeah. Wednesday. Now, 
Pipes has her alibi blown. Tarage finds out that Pipes was not at the Cannings by asking the Cannings. (laughs) Who said no? (laughs) Was my child with you? (laughs) Cover is blown. But then has a really creepy conversation about, were you safe? (laughs) Or were you protected? Yes, mum. Okay, well, that's okay then. Good chat. And Pipes didn't have the correct reaction, which was la, 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 mum's talking to me about sex. No, she seemed down with it. She wanted to continue the conversation. Uh, That makes me feel that Pipes' couple of years in Canada really was quite formative for her. (laughs) She's getting ready to ask her mum about the limber ladybird. I think she was. I did, however, really enjoy that scene because I love it when mum and daughter are just shooting the breeze about life. Yeah. They should have been sharing a vanilla slice or something yeah. at the same time, like a really inappropriate food item. <laughs> well, my favourite line of that conversation was when she's like, he was my age. Yes. Important qualifier. Important, important, given the options of which there were two. <laughs> Tyler is running around sulking as if he didn't bone the sister of the girl he likes, who's yes. a child, and confronts her and she it's all out in the open that she's hooked up with angus and for some reason he's allowed to be upset about that like yeah her body her business tyler whatever whatever then there was this i just have zero care factor for the amy and leo oh just ridiculous the woman drives a ute get over it doesn't mean she can't have a nice dress in her wardrobe in fact not two weeks ago she doled herself up as Wonder Woman to go to a hen's night. Well, there you go. She's got the capacity. And she looked a million bucks. And just because she drives a ute doesn't mean she's not interested in feminine things. No. And we've seen her. Like, every every month or two, she has a tomboy transformation. Yeah. Like, she, we've all seen she's all that. It's not, not going to shock anybody that she can put on a dress. No. I, I really do think the shock factor was overplayed. Mm. And I did want to throw up when... Tanaka 2 sent a dress round to her like it was Pretty Woman. No, and what a shit dress. Oh, wow. It, was, it looked like... Burgundy. It looked like, oh, I'm wearing this to the Year 10 formal and in years to come I'm going to regret that decision. In, I've, in fact, I've got a cousin who in the 80s got engaged and that looked very much like her engagement dress. It was unflattering and it was unremarkable and she kept referring to it as a ball gown. It's a dress and it's not a good one. And... Nobody goes to the opera. Nobody. Not even Tanakis. I don't know anyone in... That's the cat sneezing. <laughs> it's allergic to me. I don't know anyone in life who's been to the opera. I just don't. No. And to be honest, they could have just gone to the same fireworks display as the other kids and he would have had more likelihood of sealing the deal. Yeah. A couple of things on Fifi's debut. I thought they gave her a lot of emotional gear. Yes. Like, she had to do so much, like, bond with your long-lost daughter and your ex and then... And fend off your weird mother-in-law or whatever she is. And then, like, not even just... No time for a latte at Harold's, just straight into the... No, straight in. She didn't even get to show everyone all the jewellery she'd bought down. (laughs) (laughs) Where is she going to stay? They say you can stay with us, but... Really? Don't they have a spare room? We, but the spare room is filled. We've got Colette Nan's room. We've oh. got Gaz Can's room, Zan Can's room, and Amy and Jimmy each have a room. That's five rooms. Oh. Where is – are they going to put a tarp over the hot tub and oh, that's Fee, just, Fifi's going to just bunk up in well, there? She's just assumed she's staying. I mean, I know the official request comes through, <laughs> but seriously, maybe they've got a caravan in the back garden. 
I would love a caravan, actually. Oh, that had a whole other element. Someone's got a combi on the street. Like, Ned brought a combi for Drab and Lolz. Well, if it's okay for Ned, it's okay for them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, oh, by the way, facebook.com slash neighbours podcast for all the snaps of us at the neighbours screening. Snaps, snaps. All the A-list neighbours clientele. What a treat. And my personal highlight was when, okay, so Kate, who does this podcast, is a massive fan of Colette and Anne yep. and she was beside herself and I was at one point I'm like mate pull yourself together like <laughs> just she's just a person we so she met Colette and was like oh my god I love I watched every episode of Prisoner and Colette looks at her and goes get a life <laughs> <laughs> so great that's fantastic I love it Colette's amazing yeah she's she's great <laughs> she's so great uh, I just call her Colette. She can't be anything but Colette. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that's what she'd want. Yeah, yeah, Colette. So Kate and I got to go on to the Neighbours tour bus for the first time ever. The radio station was making Fifi do a tour for yep. a radio stunt. No, they were making her. She wanted to. Oh, yeah, she was all over it. <laughs> and Kate and I vlogged the entire day as if we were Piper because Piper has her own vlog called Pipe Up. Oh, good job, Pipe Up. So Neighbours took the opportunity and we launched Buzz Off. And, Love it. Uh, you can go and watch our interaction with Ramsey Street. And then we got to meet Dr. Carl. <gasps> and he signed the ceramic pig. Oh, my God. Uh, which is here as our it's talisman. right next to me. In It's got, can you see his signature right there? On, I can. On the bum. So if you just type, na- just type neighbours into YouTube and you can watch our vlog. Right now, though, here's our little chat with Fifi Box on Ramsey Street. Okay, we have Fifi Box, who's playing Brooke well. Butler, debuting on Neighbours this week. Hi, Fifi. Hi, Vaya. Oh, Kate had a question for you, actually. Yeah. Well, just wondering exactly how old you were when you had Xanthi. It's a really good question. I think I was uh, 15, and it was, um, yeah, because I'm only 29. So I was very young, and, uh, I mean, often people look at Xanthi and go, you can't possibly be her mum. You actually look like her sister. Was Gary just like a real creeper then? Yeah, Gary was. Yeah. Yes, Gary. I, I mean, look, I was naive. I was innocent. He um, he, he absolutely did take advantage of me. Was it schoolies week on the Gold Coast? It was totally schoolies week on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and also, what do you think about uh, Brooke Butler's nefarious past? Because she's been exposed on Current Affair. Yeah, she has, and it was all unfair. Uh, and, and you know what? Fifi Box relates to this a bit too. Sometimes things get said about you, written about you. It's not true. It's not fair. And Brooke has been heavily maligned in this. She is a lovely person who's made some, you know, bad mistakes. And she, there's some errors. And her parenting could work, could, you know, use a little bit of help. But she's got a heart, and her heart's in the right place. It's good to see you're out of the Bali prison now anyway. Yes, I know. You thought I was in a Bali prison, didn't you? <laughs> they left it open. And finally, look, we had a little sneak peek of your wardrobe in that orange number oh, yes. in your first episode. Yeah, what yeah. can we look forward to wardrobe-wise? You can get, you can look forward to a lot of cleavage. It Definitely. There's one dress yes. that was an OH&S issue for a while. <laughs> She's from the Gold Coast. Yeah. She likes things glitzy. All right, permission to perv then. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Fifi. Permission. Good luck. Permission granted. <laughs> Wednesday. We'll keep going with Brooke's thread on Wednesday. Yep. Colette Nan and Paul are trying to hash out what her deal is. Yes. Why she's. And look, we're on to her and her secret mobile conversations in the kitchen. Yeah, look, okay. So she's. She's on the phone to someone and saying, I'll get it done. Mm. Don't worry about it. I'm working on it's it. It's probably a mafia connection. Couldn't. Like, aren't these text 
appropriate conversations. This is what I'm not understanding. What's wrong with your Facebook Messenger? What's can't, going on? Can't you just send a thumbs up emoji? Yeah, Snapchat it. Just like it's, move on. It's done. Uh, not and at least if you're going to take the phone call, go out of the house. Yes. Front lawn, back garden. Yeah. I mean, this is what got... Two years ago, we had someone who was smuggling jewels in through coffee beans. Oh. And she was having a lot of chats out just out in public streets as well. So you've got to be careful wherever you have your phone chat. Look, you do. You do. But Colin Nan wants to call BB out on all this by having a jewellery party. She's like, why don't you put on a jewellery party mm. while you're here? It's not Tupperware, and I don't think she understands that. This is high-end gear. It's like, you know, in the in the shopping centres, they've got these little kiosks. Is it gold, gold buyers? Oh, yeah, that just looks dodgy. And you take your gold and they exchange it for cash. Yeah. I think it's like, this is like that. Mm. So she thinks she's going to catch BB out by working out that it's fake jewellery. Mm. And Xanthi's all over that. Oh, yeah. She's... Initially not thrilled, but then, okay, yeah, sure. No, she's like, my mum's a fashionista like yeah. me. Mm, so we need to be so about we need to accessorize yeah and so she's not even been off the plane 12 hours and she's scheduling a party yeah turns out the jewelry is real but then she gets back on the blower and then it's stolen goods yes and they're trying to find samples that are not of the same quality but look the same quality i just i'm really enjoying how she just has proper schemes mm. like proper cartoon villain schemes oh yeah and it's a real scandal it's going to make it to aca again yes and I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if the jewels were like smuggled in with bags with dollar signs painted on them i wonder if it's going to bring helen wellings out of retirement do you remember helen wellings from the investigators no. on abc no oh whenever yeah. there was a scam helen wellings was all over that what sort of scams? Oh, anything. Anything that had a camera blocking moment with someone getting out of a car and with refusing to speak. Oh, with their palm up against the yeah. lens. Anyway. In fact, I'm really sad we don't have – someone should have gone on YouTube or um, whatever the neighbour's equivalent is, like me cam or something. Ramsey tube. Yeah, and shown us highlight reel of the the ACA story. I wanted to see it. Yeah, I wanted to see it, like a little flashback. Yeah. Anything else on Fifi Box's debut that we did that we missed? Definitely Honey Bunch. Oh, Honey Bunch. Honey Bunch. Three times in about a minute and a half. I can't deal with Honey Bunch. I don't even like Gary's nickname for Zancan, which is Princess. He says no. Princess every second word. No. Honey Bunch is worse because no one, like 100-year-old people say Honey Bunch. Mm, I don't think I've heard it since the late 80s. <laughs> and it's, it's a weird nickname for your kid. And also I find, I mean, n- neither you or I have kids. We have animals. Yeah, when I choose a nickname for my animal, it's not just one nickname. Like, no, each cat has at least seven nicknames. Yeah, you're really limiting yourself by just going with one. Mm. Honey Bunch isn't going to cut it when you're annoyed, but we no. still want to show affection. It's almost retro, but not really. Yeah, I'd prefer a sweetie. I could deal with yeah. sweetie or sweets. I think is kind of cool. Yep. Babe is just trying too hard. Yeah, because um, Ellie, Miss. Conway, she calls her students babe. Oh, wrong. Crossing the line. (laughs) Have you ever called a student babe? Only in jest. (laughs) Because you teach drama as well. Yeah, so sometimes I'm in character, even though the kids may not be aware that I am. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's Ellie. Maybe this whole thing is just... What does Ellie teach apart Mm. from the kids? (laughs) Mainly English. Mm. What did she teach Zan Ken one day? They had a tutoring session and walked through the grove of trees. I think it was a Shakespeare play. Mm. I think they were doing The Tempest. And she does not look like someone who's read The Tempest. 
She basically taught the Tempest during a five-minute stroll in the wilderness. That's all it needs. Five minutes, Tempest done. Yeah, so we need to work on the nicknames there. Yes, yeah. very much so. Please evolve with your nicknames. Tweet Neighbours Pod, get some more nickname options, get them out there. So watch this space. That's all we got of Fifi. And actually, she was my favourite thing about Wednesday's episode because the rest was a snoozer. It was. It was a bit tedious. It was Amy waiting to go to the opera and then just parading around the pub in her fancy dress. And this is the second time. Last time I talked about Amy in her Wonder Woman outfit, she just went down to Harold's for a coffee in the Wonder Woman outfit, like not even covering up. And she's confusing the population. And she's in the in the pub with her ball gown. And ball gown slash not ball gown. Ball gown slash, yeah, you tend formal yeah, wear. Yeah, ball gown, like where did you find that outfit? It's burgundy. <laughs> Christopher Ari. Wear that with my Diana Ferrari heels. I love Diana Ferrari. Yeah, no. Look, if they're in nude, it's okay. Not all shoe brands go up to a size eleven. You've just got to take no, what's you available. take what's available. Uh, it's in a mid heel. <laughs> it wasn't a mid heel. It's tall girls. Like it's just a long way up. They don't need to go high. No. Just mid. Everyone's judging Amy as well, waiting at the pub for a day. And every- oh, I didn't like their obsession with her dirty old ute. They just kept saying her dirty old ute. Like, what's she going to carry her tools around in a barina? Well, exactly. Just let her have her ute, let her have her moment. But no, Dad's dropped her off in the dirty old ute. So it's okay if Dad drives it. And Nayblog actually on Twitter raised the very important question that why is the whole street pressuring her into dating a guy she's not even really that keen in. She because wants it's brother. all about conformity. Just take what's offered to you and <laughs> settle for it. Take whoever buys you a pretty dress yep. and go to his opera and yeah, shut up. And get sleezed up by him because he's put out financially for you. Even though what is his job, I don't understand. I, he turn, I, I figured out his job. What? He turns the lights on and off behind the bar. Like He changes this <laughs> colour scheme. Because he does it a lot when people come in. He does the tech for the bar. Yeah, bar tech. And he has a lot of time to run out and do errands and no one seems annoyed that he's off doing that. As someone who's worked in hospitality, you are not leaving that building until your shift is done. And if that's 10 hours without a break, then so be it. You can steal a canapé from the kitchen. It'll be cold, but you're not leaving. So the reason he gets waylaid is that his brother, T1, has somehow, and they skipped over all the exposition. Oh, just having a psycho moment in a warehouse or a shed. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, look, it's really rough sometimes when we get too much exposition, Mm. but I almost prefer that to zero exposition. an ambush by a man in a shed. Shed. (laughs) Something, something Bradley Satchwell. Yeah, Bradley Satchwell. I got excited. I think that's a throwback. I thought, Brooke's coming back with Uncle Bradley. No. No, not when Uh, you see his cultural leaning. (laughs) I just, I can't get it. There's no way in for me to the Tanaka parentage storyline. I can't get in there. It's tenuous. It's confusing. Is he a doctor? Is he a bum? We're not sure. He lives in a cardboard box in a shed. (laughs) What purpose is the cardboard box serving? He's got shelter. He's got shelter within shelter. It's just insulation. And was it the man shed? Because Carl and all these other blokes put in and like they rent a shed for their man space time, private man time. 
Well, he kept saying he's not on the system or he's not registered or like he's not registered with the council as desex or microchipped <laughs> or something. It was confusing. He's off the grid. He's person X. He's got no identity. Yeah, he's John Doe. Uh, no, we've had John Doe. He's the priest. <laughs> he got amnesia. He's John Doe Satchwell. Whatever. I don't understand the Tanakas. Let's go to Thursday. Let's. Thursday. Little bonus factoid. Thursday's episode was a visual scavenger hunt in honour of 30 years of Neighbours airing in the UK. And it was a bit of a spot the Union Jack situation, aka Union Flag. I wasn't really watching the screen because I was tweeting. So Sarah Blackburn on Twitter, thank you for counting all of the Union Jacks for me because I was very curious. I've chopped a couple of them out so Sarah can still enter the competition to win a trip to Australia. Got to keep some under your hat. But here you go. Almost all of the Union Jacks on Thursday night's episode And hey, UK, happy Dirty 30. Welcome to the club. Hi, everyone listening to Neighbours Today. This is Sarah from the UK. I have compiled the list of the Union Jacks, which were placed in the Thursday episode, marking 30 years of Neighbours here in the UK. So here we go. The first three flags were found on extras entering the waterhole, one in a dress, the second in a tie, and the third in a hat. The next one was found in Paige's drink. The fifth flag was found on the shorts of Aaron down the mines as he was walking down the drive. The sixth on a newspaper which he picked up. The seventh flag was found on the back of Amy's UTE. And the eighth was found on a bag outside a bric-a-brac shop on a mannequin. The ninth on a sign outside Grease Monkeys. The tenth was found on a teddy bear inside Brad's hospital room. The eleventh and twelfth were found in Lasseter's reception area, one on a suitcase and the other as a screensaver on the laptop. The next four were found in the blaze during two scenes. In the first scene, there was a beanie, the back of a jacket and a t-shirt on three extras. In the second scene, the pen of the young lad who was using it to write his application form. The 17th flag was Tarage's badge, which was then changed later in the episode, back to its original badge. The 20th and 21st Union Jacks were found in the Kennedy house. The first appeared to be a tea cosy and the second a frame or a postcard on his shelves. The next two were found in the Lasseter's complex, one on a dog and the other on golf clubs from a passing extra in the background. The next were found back in the blaze, which was a cushion next to Simone. The 25th was an apron, which was in Harold's. Also in Harold's was a small plant pot behind Amy and Aaron down the mine's table. The 28th was Amy's nail, which is spotted as she is drinking. Then we're back to the waterhole where Teresa's book or iPad cover had the Union Jack on. And finally, Simone's phone case while she is in Amy's truck. So there you have it. 30 Union Jacks for 30 years of neighbours for us Brits. The dad drama continues. Was the dead phone in the previous episode? The what? Leo's dead phone. Yes, because he said he couldn't call Amy. And that really bugged me. Yeah. Because then there was long periods of time that he had available to him to charge his phone. But he just... Kept saying my phone's dead <laughs> as though it's a 48-hour process. And Leo, <laughs> Tanaka too strikes me as the type of guy that would have a car charger. So true. And, or a um, portable unit. Like, yeah, my boyfriend's always got just gadgets coming out yeah. of his ears. Just yeah. anything, everything can charge his phone. Exactly. So like Leo should be able to blink and his phone's charged If again. he's the bar tech, he should have a portable charger. <laughs> yeah. Now, Leo, we don't need to stress that he's trying to find out who his real dad is because he's not fussed. He's got to plan the Melbourne Cup day at the waterhole. 
Look, it's a big event at the waterhole every year. You can lead a horse to the waterhole, but you can't make it drink. And surely the waterhole's already got an event agenda that they would wheel out every year on Cup Day. Yeah, he doesn't need to mess with that. Now, your husband works at a winery. He does. What do they do over Cup Day? Just serve wine. (laughs) (laughs) I think they might show the race on the TV, but realistically, nothing really changes. As long as there's alcohol involved, most punters are pretty happy. I'm pretty sure that's what the waterhole needs to do as well. Just serve your drinks, calm down, maybe run a sweep and everyone will love it. (laughs) Sort themselves out. If you want to wear a funny hat, you're in the wrong place. Go back to the track. And uh, put in a champagne breakfast, Bob's your uncle. Oh, exactly. Smoke salmon it up. At this point, Amy checks in and finds out that he had a scuffle with someone he thought was linked to his dad. So she forgives him. And the dad's disappeared but throwing the table over in the process. (laughs) He's a messy escapee. Half of Thursday's episode was the Tanakas picking up medical equipment off of the floor. And then throwing it back down again when they were frustrated with their conversation. It's like band-aids don't come cheap. Don't just no. chuck them around. And no one seems to be supervising this dude on his residency at all. He's got free reign of all the medical supplies. He had free reign before he was even a resident. He was going around diagnosing people, like bandaging people up. <laughs> It raises some serious like, he questions. He was like, um, what's that Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Catch me if you can. Oh. He was just, he was, he walked in with, put a coat on and was like, I'm a doctor. And everyone's like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> That's how it works. Stitch me up. Cut yep. me open. Give me some drugs. Whatever order you want to do that in. God. We need to get back to Paige because she's been sulking. Now, mm. you wouldn't know it that a week ago, a week and a half ago, Paige flung herself out of a hot air balloon that was plummeting to the ground. And so she lived and then banged a priest. And they haven't talked about it since. And he's continuing to priest. See, You he's... can't just keep priesting. No. Once you've de-priested, you've got to stop and address it. I mean, he went to Brisbane to have a chat. Maybe he's got depression. <laughs> depression. Yeah, depression. He's depreciated. He's depressed. Just because you haven't told anyone, like God still knows, mate. God is watching and has judged you. If Bette Midler taught us nothing, is that God is watching us. From a distance. <laughs> and he saw into that abandoned shack. Oh, was it the same place that <laughs> this mysterious could-be father was hiding? Possibly. They've just dressed it differently. Yeah, they added the box. <laughs> Took away the hay bales. Yeah. Now, I have to constantly remind myself who the hell Simone is. And I can't imagine, Christina, how you felt because you don't watch the show. No, Simone was just in the corner on her phone playing an annoying game, wanting to help, not helping. Who is she? How does she have phone battery and Leo doesn't if she's just Lend a... him your charger. <laughs> she's a vagabond from Queensland yep. with nowhere to stay. Where's she plugging in? I don't know. She'll plug in wherever she can, I think. (laughs) She's eyeing off the priest, so she'll plug in wherever. So she's this ex-flame of Father Jack's, and apparently they're planning the school dance. Firstly, the school Halloween dance. What is this, Saved by the Bell? Yeah, what? No school does a Halloween dance. You get away with the minimum number of social options for kids as possible. So you're looking at a couple of formals and a valedictory. And they're not themed. No, they're not themed. It's not America. No. No one cares. So they have – and also, would you at your school, your school socials, 
they'd be on campus, wouldn't they? No, well, this year actually uh, Year 10 one was such a flop that parents had to take it over and deal with it because we just threw our hands up in the air and went, that's too hard. So where did they have it? Oh, some golf club. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. They didn't have it at a youth drop-in centre? No, strangely enough. So So what is this place, (laughs) this graffitied room with a blurring of boundaries with underage people and slightly overage people. Well, you're actually sitting in it because it's the PirateNet Studios. It's, right. It's the ruins of the PirateNet Studios that Toadie used to host a radio show out of oh. last decade. It's, and why they gathered there? It was reincarnated as a bar and then now it's been resurrected as Drab's um, youth outreach program. It's called Blaze. We call it Blazing Saddles. Mm. And for some reason the school's renting it out for their social events. Right. And so the group of people gathered there, because <laughs> it's hard to tell how old they are. Are they supposed to be students where they're lecturing to them about the benefits of taste being hot girls? So, yeah, that kid was meant to be a student mm. and, quote, unquote, TAFE is crap. Yeah. That was his analysis. And No, TAFE's full of hot girls, So according to the girl wearing the midriff top. Very presumptuous that he, that's his preference firstly yeah. like he could be going through some stuff yeah a, a sexual a sexual he um, might awakening be one of those people that's really into people who wear the large animal suits is that a, is that a, a fluffy oh yeah there's a lot of costume gear going on on Erinsborough and maybe at the Halloween dance people will be in maybe that's suits. why that kid's loitering <laughs> hoping there'll be a fellow fluffy it's like it's Halloween it's peak fluffy yeah season. peak fluffy also, so Drab's bailed up in the hospital. We'll get to him in a second, Brad Willis. Uh, yep. he, he's ill. He's been assigned to run this mm, course. His hair's falling out. Oh, no. <laughs> Which actually is a miracle. Where mm. It's a blessing. He has been tasked with giving this lecture on how to apply for TAFE. Yeah, sounds scintillating. I wish I could go to that. Isn't that something <laughs> the careers advisor does? Yeah, is he a teacher, the guy in the bed? Yeah, he's a <laughs> PE teacher. Look, you don't just... Look, to be fair, I've taught some strange stuff <laughs> at school that I'm not qualified to teach. What sort but, of stuff? Oh, look, I've had to teach sex ed. I'm not qualified to that's teach that. That's not stranger. That's a thing that it's, it's an, you learn an at school. It's an uncomfortable thing. Yeah. I've taught PE. I'm not PE trained. Well, neither's drab. He just surfed. Yeah, that's qualification enough. Yeah, if, if you're leaving a lesson... That's not really your problem who's going to take it. Someone else will deal with yeah, that. If you're in the hospital, <laughs> Susan Kennedy is going to reassign your work. Yeah, you don't have to stress from your end and access your edgy mail account and <laughs> email in who needs to cover it. It's just not happening. And then just ask the nearest available tertiary applicant. Yeah. Oh, you've done that. You'd be great. Like, I mean, I don't just look down the hall and go, actually... I don't feel like taking this class. As a parent, you've probably had experience in this area. Could you please just step in and take that? Uh, But no, your job's just reassigning. And so Paige is running this class, not with like computers set up with the TAFE login. And not in an appropriate outfit. It's midriff. (laughs) That's why that kid can't concentrate to fill in his form. Like he's got an older person's midriff right in his face. 
That is very distracting. But that's all he needs because then he's on board with TAFE. And, oh. But actually the form's really hard to fill out. And there's someone playing a game on their phone in the corner, which he's really distracted by. And then that leads Paige to call Simone a useless idiot. Yes. And then they have an exchange which you quite frankly wouldn't have in front of students. In a youth drop-in centre. No, with the priest watching on. And Paige, just calm down with your relationships with other women. Like, you don't have to be threatened by them all. She has to be an apex at all times. (laughs) So then Simone does what you do after you have a little spat with someone. She pops out and steals Amy's ute. Yeah, that action didn't make sense. What was she doing with the ute? And what kind of a renegade is this priest attracted to? That he had, she's his former lover, and she, and actually, he got done for stealing cars. Did he? There was a previous episode where this teenage girl was like, "Priests are creepy and weird," and he, and he was like, "No, some of us are okay." She's like, "Do you do bad stuff? And have you ever been in trouble?" And it's like, "I stole some cars." I'm like, "That's just not a flippant thing." That no, he needed to go to juvie for that. (laughs) It's not just this. He obviously had an epiphany somewhere along the line and found Jesus. It's not just mischief. No, that's a felony. Is that? I don't know. I might have used that a bit (laughs) heavy-handed. Now, Drab is on dialysis. Yeah. Uh, He's on the mend. He's been injected with poison tattoo ink. Arsenic. Yes. That was the big reveal on on Friday. I don't think arsenic is used enough. And anyone who's read Flowers in the Attic knows the symptoms of arsenic. Yes. Uh, So really, if Drab had read his Virginia Andrews, he would have been all across his symptoms. But obviously... Dr. Carl had read it when he ended up coming charging in to save the day. That was a unit at med school. They just yeah. issued everyone with flowers in the attic. Essential um, reading. Rest in peace, Corey. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I like the line when he said, um, my hair's falling out. And then his fiance just said, you've just got to stay positive. There's not a lot to be positive about when your hair's falling out. Unless you jab, and we've wanted that mullet to go for two years, three years now. So. Yeah, and his eyebrows need a bit of thinning out too. So... Lose a little and gain a lot is what I'm saying. Now, he's filled out his will, which firstly, why didn't you organise? You've got five million kids. Why isn't your will in order every day? And I couldn't see him actually filling anything out. He just kept talking about it. And he's being a bit of a hypochondriac. Like, I feel like I'm dying. Yeah, it's like the worst manifestation of man flu I've ever seen. (laughs) And Loz is like, I fell out of a balloon. Can you chill? Her limp is irritating. (laughs) It took me a while to realise there was a reason and it just, look, look it's everyone, not happening Everyone's me. got a flaw. No one's perfect. Kate Kendall is a beautiful actor. However, she couldn't, it couldn't hurt for her to sit down with Stefan Dennis and get some limp lessons. Limp. And learn the stump manoeuvre for her own ailment here. I felt like her limp changed limbs. I guess she's just not a physical... I don't think she's she's... feeling the limp. I don't think she believes in the limp Mm. and I think she has to be reminded constantly to limp. Yeah, I think she does grief really well. Like she can lose a husband and then she'll be bawling on the floor and it'll be amazing. Yeah, and she does dramatic entry really well. Mm. Like when she went to Carl's place Mm. and she huffed and puffed her way in the door (laughs) because she was so traumatised. If Uh, you're that upset, just barge in. Don't wait. Yeah, because we know the Kennedy's door's always open. Friday. On Friday, Loz is having this meltdown because Drab's kidneys are failing and his hair's falling out and she, she cracks the sads at Carl and she says, look, get back in there because all the doctors at Erinsborough Hospital can't work out what's what. 
he pops back into the Aaron's Brussels, even though he's meant to be on leave because he drilled into a woman's skull while he was hungover. Minor details. <laughs> Minor details. And they go over all of the history with a fine tooth comb. Oh, I think you didn't need to use the word comb when your hair's <laughs> falling out. Brushed over that one. Now, somehow they join all the dots all together, all the Willis's. As it does happen very rapidly. And they all take a line and they all take mm. a detail and Paige is like. It's and like then, a great chorus. <laughs> and then Jacka said, you'll pay for this. And then I saw a tattoo kit and then I got a tattoo and, and now flies I. in the attic. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Poisoned ink. Poisoned ink. Sounds um, like an affliction an octopus would have. Not poison ink. You know, this year we've had snakes let loose on Ramsey Street. We've yep. had a hot air balloon crash and now we've got poisoned ink. I feel like deadly octopus is next. I think it's not far off. Blue bottle. Mm. And in mm. fact, Loz actually dishes up a, a baby octopus special on occasion at the cafe. Oh, perfect entree in. Entree dish and an entree in. So it leads to this climax of Carl bursting into his house because he remembers seeing this tattoo kit which has been doing a tour of duty all through Ramsey Street. <laughs> just as Angus and Ben, like Angus, by the way, he's forgotten that he's just lost his virginity to the neighbour a couple of days ago. Yeah, he just wants to tattoo his undying love for the teacher. He's decided anyone can tattoo him, just whoever can Google it. And there's such a long pause in this process. If the kid who's tattooing him, who's that? Susan and Carl's grandson, Ben. Mm. He doesn't want to do it. No. Yeah, he's just waiting for Carl to come in the door. He's tracking him and he's pausing and pausing and pausing and it's getting painful. I feel like he's been hovered in that spot have you, for minutes. Have you ever had students unlawfully get themselves tattooed? Um, I wouldn't say unlawfully. I've had them get themselves tattooed. Oh, with like parents' permission? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, isn't that nice? In my day, we were just drawing ourselves a texter. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, look, a school I did used to teach at, there was a bit of a um, piercing thing going on on the Oval at lunchtime. Wow. To the extent someone had stolen a tongue clamp and was doing (laughs) tongue piercings on the Oval. Are you kidding me? No, it was 10 bucks. (laughs) But you had to supply your own piercing. That is a bargain. Ellie's set to win 10 bucks from her bet with Tanaka too. She mm. could go get herself a tongue well, piercing on the oval with her inappropriate behaviour. I think that'd be a good storyline. And then everyone gets poisoned <laughs> with the terrible, terrible instruments that they're using. And then they can't tongue pash each other. No. Well, there's Some of them will have to leave then. Bye, Piper. So as the needle hits the skin, Carl bursts in and says, stop. Yeah. Very dramatic. And if they, hadn't, if they hadn't spent three quarters of the episode Googling how to tattoo a person. Yeah. Anyway. Angus, and wearing that hideous shirt. <laughs> clearly, Ben tipped into Gramps's old off air bar uniforms. Oh, it looks a bit Hip- Daryl Summers hipster, for my liking. Hipster shirt. Google image Daryl Summers. We'll, uh, we'll retweet a pic on Neighbours Pod on Twitter. Finally, to round off a really just patchwork quilt of a week simone been, has been arrested by the way just oh yeah just a casual casual sideline because when you steal a ute in broad daylight out the front of where the ute owner hangs out you're probably going to get caught but i do like the way um the priest defended her saying in front of a police officer yeah that's because Paige made her upset oh yeah Paige. it was all a bit year eight 
we Christian and I actually watched Friday's episode together and when he said Paige made her upset, we both just giggled. Yeah. Because that doesn't mean you can just break the law and go go do Grand Theft Autos. No, it's like, oh, yeah, I was a bit irritated this morning, so I actually went and shot three people. So I guess everyone understands where I'm coming from and we'll shake hands and call it a day. Mm. I mean, it was Mark. It was dull cop. So it probably is a good tactic to try with him because if there wasn't anyone else around, you probably would have walk, walking out on the street going, yeah, no worries. See you later. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, if they're just letting anyone into the hospital to treat people, it's probably worth a go. So we're back at the Blazing Saddles and Paige's sorry, not sorry to Simone. She's like, sorry, mm. I stuffed up by And... I just don't understand why she's here. Why? Mm, I just it don't was think... a, It was a massive deal that after six months of drawing this out, they finally got the priest and page to roll in the hay together. And then now we just don't talk about it and we have this new obstacle. I just don't think she needs to be there. I think she needs to go back to her shed <laughs> with the maybe, maybe not father of the... Tanakas. And they can just have a spin-off sitcom. It's just friends in a shed. Yeah, friends in a shed with a cardboard box. And now we finish with surrogacy. Oh, oh boy. Oh, swimmers. Lots of swimmers. Lots of FSH. That oh. I, I did, lots of acronyms I didn't need to have spelt out for me. No. Now, a bit of backstory here. Now, do you, did you remember Steph Scully from the olden days of um, Holly Valance and yes, Lynn Scully? Yes, she and... did look familiar. Who's the overly excited man she's with? <laughs> Dull cop. Oh, is that him? I can't tell when he's changed costume. I couldn't tell. That's terrible. <laughs> they need to make that clearer. <laughs> So cops can have lives outside of the oh, force. But he can't reproduce. Well, that's what he thinks. Well, he's got good swimmers, apparently. There's this moment where Staff's likening herself to a factory hen and there's a lot of hen chat. Now, you've got hens. I do. And look, they're not like that. They've, they've got class. <laughs> they're not talking about themselves in such derogatory manners. <laughs> I don't know. Look, good on them going on their journey to reproduce, but... Oh, it was so clear he was all over it and she was just a, a receptacle, really. No, she, well, she's not a receptacle. She's she's harvesting. Yeah, there's a little harvesting chat. That and term freaked me out. <laughs> she, um, look, she just wants, she'd be happy with a new motorbike, Steph. Look, I think so. Just get her into scrapbooking. She'll be fine. Uh, also, there was a great moment where Victoria, the, actually she, used to be married to his boss, a detective, oh. a really fabulous lesbian couple that I really want to come back. And there was actually some news that dropped this week that their daughter, Josie Lamshanks, is coming back to rejoin the show. So wow. I feel like this is a great opportunity for just some more diversity to come back yes. in. But her only job at the moment is to talk about harvesting people's uh, yeah. nether regions. And then there's oh, just the surrogate sitting there and... It's really uncomfortable. She had nothing to do. She may as well have been on her phone playing that game that Simone was playing. She didn't need to be there. She's just like, my womb's ready and waiting. <laughs> and she, TikTok, she had the best face though. Hats off to her face when Victoria was like, now let's get a sample. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, is that what you give a sample in? Because <laughs> that no, that's more like what I saw a gallstone sitting in after an <laughs> operation. Like that is what you take away to do a urine sample in 
I don't know. I well, just feel it should look different to that. Well, the Tanaka's already overturned a trolley full of medical equipment, so they're probably limited on why what's available. Can't, why can't it be dark so that they you don't see in? <laughs> no one wants to see that being delivered back to the room. <laughs> and why aren't they at a fertility clinic? Why aren't they at Melbourne IVF clinic? Oh, is where are they? <laughs> Where are they? And why are they in a tea oh, room? They're just trying to make fertility look more approachable. <laughs> Would you like a bagel <laughs> while we harvest your eggs? <laughs> and can I just say that Steph and Mark don't even live together. So Ooh. where are they raising this child? Mm, that's really weird. The um, fertility clinic doesn't even mind. So what address should we put on the form? Just two different addresses. <laughs> That won't pose any difficulties for us as parents at all. Now, I think our favourite moment, we both erupted when this happened, was when Steph and Mark were taking a stroll past the murder rotunda and Mark looks over and says, that could be us. (laughs) However, they then looked across at a black family with a small child and, I mean, that that couple would have to be the whitest couple I've ever seen on television (laughs) And they're clearly not going to be just like that family because no. they are completely different. They're going to have an, yeah, an entirely different backstory and um, cultural history. And I'm really kind of – I know it's great that we have the Tanakas. Um, I can't wait for their storylines to get interesting, but I'm happy that they're there. However, to just all the rest of the peripheral characters, these like non-speaking featured extras are people of colour shoehorned in <laughs> to say, see, look – we're trying. We're so diverse. Don't speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> They're here as exes. Don't give them dialogue. It's weird. Yeah, I'm already more interested in that family of colour. Yeah, was... bring them back. <laughs> they added an element that we desperately need. They can have dinner parties with the Guptas. Yes. Family feud. And just play their complimentary board game that they got on the show. Finally, the big bombshell. Staff gets the call that she has low ovarian reserves. Mm. And, you know, I like to just chuck neighbours on of an evening, 6.30, put dinner on, chill out. I don't need to get into the low ovarian reserves. No, low ovarian reserves. It just it brings like, the mood down for everyone. I'm like, we're in our 30s, the clock's ticking. Everyone you look at is like, why haven't you got a baby with yeah. you? And you're like, the cats are a handful. You've yeah. got 40 animals, Christina. Yeah, look, it's a, da- it's a full-time job. Quite it's... frankly, you can't add a kid into that mix right now. So I don't need to have Staff's low, low ovarian reserves in my face. No, and I think that's designed to really cut at the heart of a lot of Australian women and ask them <laughs> to ask themselves some pretty serious questions. <laughs> About priorities and their biological clocks. And, and I don't want that question at 6.30. And I don't know that the 12-year-olds that were on the Neighbours Tour bus with us the other day are really just getting no, into this issue. they just want to see Piper in the Capri again. Yeah, and I do too. Who yeah, doesn't? put it back in the Capri. Piper, take control of your sexuality. Get, you go, girl. Get some more fireworks. So we end with staff breaking it off with dull cop hooray because mm. they have zero chemistry and don't live together and she's got low ovarian reserves <laughs> that was the actual cliffhanger of the of the week on neighbors yeah. the character's got low ovarian reserves <laughs> and fsh stands for follicle stimulating hormones i think we all learned a little bit of biology tonight follicles I don't even want to think about the follicles. They're not stimulating. We we had such a strong start with the sex in the Capri and Fifi with her jewellery 
racket. Yeah. And now it's just surrogates and low reserves. <laughs> just I, weird. I've got a low tolerance reserve. Yes, low tolerance for that sort of rubbish. So that's it. I, it's, I'm just overstimulated because I went on the neighbours tour. Because go, you've got follicle yeah. <laughs> stimulating hormones. Uh, it was a treat of a time. Go do yourself a favour, neighbourstour.com.au. This is not cash for comment. Go on the neighbours tour because you'll see you'll see someone from the street and then you get to just creepily walk around and photograph people's houses with That's props. Cool. Fun time. And go uh, YouTube, type in neighbours. And by the time you hear this, neighbourspod.com will exist. Yes. And you can go look at all our photos from the, the Fifi Box screening. Very exciting. Her episode. And after seeing Neighbours on the big screen, it's really hard to go back to the small screen. Yeah, I felt really restricted. Um, I wanted to see it bigger. I wanted mm. to see it louder. And I wanted more colour. And I wanted 200 people with me. Yeah. Well, that's pretty standard for me when I'm watching TV of an evening. But, yeah, <laughs> I think having a crowd added something to it, definitely. Mm. Now, Christina, I got you onto Twitter this week. You did. Would you be live tweeting neighbours in future at all? Why not? Sounds like a fun activity. CVA underscore pony? That's correct. No context required. No context. That's fine. Thank you so much. Are you what are you curious to see resolved if you dip back into neighbours? Look, I desperately want answers to the father question. That's really really wreaking havoc on my mind. I wanna know the reason for Brooke and her jewels. Mm. I'm I'm confused there. And look, I'd really like a dog brought back as well. Where's Bouncer? Oh, there was Bossy. She was the best. But then Kyle took her to Germany. Yeah, that was selfish of you, Kyle. <laughs> I wish you'd joined us earlier in the year because the school burnt down and they had to have all their lessons on park benches oh, outside. That is every kid and teacher's dream. <laughs> so they had these kids piled up on the on park benches like they were the Von Trapps arranged oh. in height order. Yeah, dressed in curtains. <laughs> Anyway, so I'll keep you posted on – if, if we have more questions about Erinsborough High's yeah. conduct. Look, feel free to ask the resident expert. Yeah, excellent. Yep. Message us to NeighboursPod, Twitter or Gmail or our website, NeighboursPod.com, if you want to go see our faces. And we'll check in in a couple of weeks. Yay. Thanks, guys. Bye. God is watching us from a distance. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Whenever there's a pause, I'm like, ding. Um, the, the, the cat's just going to draw attention to the inconsistencies in plot. <laughs>